speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! One that's on it that we we had before was a uh, Interstellar. Is there? Yeah. I it's decent. I've got like I've, my mates. Like, he's got my BT login, so he's gave me his Sky in. So I think there's hundreds on there. That's how I used to. Like, we all had it before, so I'd pick films that were on there. But there's there's hundreds on there. Well, I sat uh, working for him today and um, watched The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises in the background. The Dark Knight Rises is, for me, a better film than The Dark Knight. Absolutely but, not. It's a garbage film. Oh, see, I, I, I honestly much more enjoy it. I, watching The Dark Knight again, it's no as good as what I remember. Oh, I'm the complete opposite. I mean, oh, that. It's... I went to the IMAX to see uh, The Dark Knight Rises. And I thought The Dark Knight Rises was absolute shit. Um, super disappointed. Like, I, I, like I said, the, the, when watching the Dark Knight, obviously Heath Ledger's incredible in it, and I think that takes away from a lot of the film because I'm only paying attention to him and how well he is in Dark Knight, and then the rest of it just kind of goes by the by. Actually, it always gets forgotten that how good the begins is in that trilogy too. That mm-hmm. always goes under the radar. Rajal Ghoul. Although Rajal Ghoul in the League of Shadows is much more interesting in Arrow than it is in this. If you want to geek out, go watch the TV show Arrow where the world's most handsome man playing Oliver Queen. No, shit. Have you seen the wrestling TV show that he's in? That's Stephen Amell. Uh, Heels. Yes. No, yeah, is it good? Oh, I loved it. I, I, I think I watched it all within about a day and a half, two days. It is definitely worth watching, and I hope they do a second season for it. They, what's the name of the other boy that's in it as well? I think he's in like the Hunger Games and stuff. No idea. Can't remember his name. It might even be like a Skarsgård. It might be one of them. One of Skarsgård. <laughs> just looks like that anyway. Wait, will we get? Will we get cracking? Well, welcome in. Morons, uh, I feel like I keep forgetting how we how we kick these off because we're a bit all over the place with timings and when we're doing them. But nice to see you. Nice to see some of you on the screen. Um, not all of you are here. One of us uh, threw me off a little bit just before we started to call, like recording because he was drinking a tenant's light out a bottle. Apologies. And it's threw me for six. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I didn't know there was such a thing as a tenant's light. Oh. Yeah, that. Right. It goes down too easy, though. That's the problem. <laughs> the, per- the perfect way to drink a tenants is to have it at room temperature and out a can. By all by the way, honestly. Room temperature beer. Just tenants, <laughs> no any other beer. Every other beer has to go out the fridge, but tenants, room temperature, out the can is absolutely beautiful. That reminds me of like, when I first ever teen the parks, like waking up for like, the set of the morning. And obviously it was sunny, you're in the tent, so it's like, like a million times a degree hotter. Take, f- wake up, first thing you do, crack a can, and it's absolutely roasted. Just oh, it's so just like, it's like warm, disgusting foam. Like, it's minging, but you just do it anyway. 
it's like drinking a can of, you see when you're peeing it's really dehydrated and it's like dark brown it's like that this was when I always drank cider when I was younger because a can of cider if it's warm if it's cold if it's it's never that different it is what it is it's a can of pish but it's Aye, always a can of pish whenever we go to football that's always what I get cider instead of beers usually like oh. for that reason basically so that it doesn't uh, beer does beer disgusting unless it's cold I hate cider, like, I despise it. I think it's horrible. It's just like, it coats my teeth. It's like, and it, may, it like, actually, like, gives me, like, a sore stomach in that, too. I think it's minging. What's, uh, what's more disgusting, Sean? Watching a Tarantino movie to see some feet or drinking cider? Or you can do both together if you prefer. No, why would I do two things? <laughs> I just like to hear your reaction. Cider literally makes me feel like like sick. It's just, it just leaves a horrible feeling in my stomach, and uh, my teeth feel like I'm, they're just coated in sugar at the same time. So I'd probably go with cider. It's a uh, it's not like you to have such strong views on a meaningless thing. That's a bit over the top. Like I didn't mean to swear on that, but uh, the main point was it's just no for me. But I'm glad that you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I was drinking warm tenants out of the cupboard in a flat out of choice, not sitting in a fucking field for uh, a gig. Um, and so I'm probably a bit more of a weirdo. But anyway, let's uh, let's not talk of that as we're uh, getting distracted with Man United scoring. There's Baby Sancho getting a wee goal. Yeah. Uh, and Good a rash of assists just to. Even oh. things up for you in the fantasy. Fuck off. I've got a minute behind you, so you just ruined it for me, so thanks for that. Good, good. That's made me even happier. Well, let's ruin even more for everyone today, and let's talk about the film The Omen before we move on to Pretty Woman. Uh, last week's movies that we did have um, last week, two weeks ago, we had contrasting results with Jackie Brown coming in as a four overall and The Hobbit being a disaster for the morons coming in at a 0. 0.35. Um, Dan, what was, the, what was the reaction like from Instagram for that? Do you remember? No, do you know what it was? Like? People disagreed, but not so passionately like they usually do. A lot of people were like, ah, sort of get it, I think, like, like one of the guys said, let me go and check actually. Let me be accurate and quote him. Just talk amongst yourselves, guys. <laughs> We're trying to watch a football, Daniel. We're trying to get you to do all the work here while we continue watching the football. Uh, so a lot of people are saying, look, it's nowhere near as good as Lord of the Rings, but they don't think it's as bad as what we think. Um, like a couple of people said, like it's not the hell I'm going to die on. Do you know what I mean? Like they understand that we hated it. So it was actually for a change. Maybe Sean's messages are finally getting through. We got some uh, balanced feedback on Instagram. Slowly but surely chipping away at them. Well, let's kick into the movies for this week. We'll start off, um, and if I remember correctly, was this Burnsy's selections of movies? Yes. So we had a contrast between horror and romance, um, which kind of sums up Burns in a nutshell. Um, but the ones that did win were The Omen and Pretty Women. So The Omen says here, <laughs> a mysterious death surrounding an American ambassador. Could the child that he is raising actually be the Antichrist, the devil's own son? So 
out in 1976 at one hour and 50 minutes long. I think it's only right that we come to Burnsy first of all to get his thoughts on this interesting movie. Thanks. <clears throat> um, so it's the first time I've watched that, obviously. Um, I am. I watched this over a week ago, but I'm still sort of unsure about it. I struggled with a bit. I struggled quite a lot with it as well. It was just a bit too strange for my liking. Um, it, I think it being, you might think different, but for me it wasn't really a horror as such. Like I didn't feel myself, maybe I've just got a different view of like what a horror should be in terms of I want to be scared. I want to be worried. I want to be even confused to an extent. Whereas this was more like, it was probably, it was more, to me, it was similar to like Zodiac than it was a horror in terms of how it was like a they were trying to solve like a riddle to an extent in terms of what was going on with the wee boy. Um, I so I thought it was just too much. It was more weirdness that I guess made creepy point instead of anything else. At the start of the film, where Robert decides to adopt the baby, that just started off with a strangeness for me. It's like I get that people could obviously have their emotions are going to be all over the place, understandably, but he I don't know whether it was poor acting or whatever, but I didn't feel as if his emotions were all over the place. It was as if it was just maybe poorly acted in that segment. I just didn't really take them at all throughout the film. Um I thought Mrs. Bailock was a really good character. She definitely improved it. And I did begin to get more into the film once Damien progresses and you get he gets a bit older and you see like he's strange personality coming across in different settings, like in the, when he's going to take to the church and things like that. Uh, the only bit that I found maybe not scared or whatever, but it was just where Keith dies, that was absolutely disgusting. Like, I've got it stuck. I can imagine, I can still see that scene in my mind now when the glass is coming towards him. It was just, it was vile. <laughs> um, but it was, it was more I knew it was happening, but I didn't really think it was going to be as graphic as how they made it, which I guess is that does shock you a wee bit. Um, so I don't know what more. I'm still honestly a bit confused after watching it. It wasn't for some of the some of the horrors that were voted that were options. I think I would have enjoyed a lot of them a lot more than what I did enjoy this. But I did feel myself being drawn into the film. It wasn't like one of those where I've watched and wanted to turn off or whatever. And the ending where Damien sort of smirks into the camera, I did think that was, I thought the ending in total was really quite well done. Um, and I didn't realise until reading about it after that obviously there's like a second and third, which obviously sets it up perfectly. I've not read in about what happens next or things like that. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of, I think because I was because it was a horror, I was expect I was going to probably have high expectations as well, because it's one of my favourite genres as well. So, uh, it was it was decent, but not nothing that was uh, nothing that I would go back and watch again. No, and that and that's fair enough. I think for me watching it, it's it's I've seen it before and I've seen it a couple of times, so it suffers a little bit for me watching it back now because there's so much better horror movies out there um, and. When you know what happens, you struggle to build the suspense a little bit when you're watching it. It's it feels really slow though this movie, and and that's where 
it frustrates me a little bit because I feel like nothing really happens and you get that little one bit where you think Damien's done something and made something happen and then it goes really slow telling this story that's not really that interesting. Um, but there's bits that I thought were quite funny, like when they're checking his hair to find the 666 on his head and stuff. It's just, uh, it, it's in that bit, like that bordering uh, ridiculous bit. Um, he is quite a creepy wee bastard though, isn't he? Aye. Oh, aye. Well, mm-hmm. can't. <laughs> it's just like you, you instantly didn't like him when you see his face you're like fucking hell um the bit where the the um is it the nanny or the nurse um flings herself at the window and hangs herself that's uh that like made me sit up and i was like holy shit like i've mm-hmm. seen it before again but i just still coping with that fuck that's where she's screaming like this is for you this is for you i'm like i'd love to see a lot more of him turning people like that and getting maybe the same reaction so that they can then start tying it in a little bit. Whereas a lot of the film was more based on the them trying to solve solve what was wrong with him, where his dad, well, whatever you want to call him in, what was it, the offer us? I can't remember what the guy was. They went away to Italy with him. It was more based on that for me, which I didn't really enjoy. Aye, the photographer. That was aye. Hopefully that was it. Showing you the big, the big slits in the middle of the, the all these pictures. That just... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Daniel, let's you, you keep going, mate. Keep going, give some of your thoughts. Um. So, I was very into horror at a young age, about maybe 10, 11 years old. So this was one of the movies I used to watch often. So, like, see, like this is quite iconic for me. Like the scene you mentioned, where she hanged herself at the window, saying, "This is for you, Damien." Um. The scene where the guy's head gets chopped off. One that neither of you mentioned is where the spike falls off the top of the church and stabs the priest. It looks horrendous. Yeah. It, like, it looks so poorly mm-hmm. done. Ah, well, you've got to remember, what type, when did this film come out? 1976. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I think it, with the limited technology you've got at the time, I think the movie holds up well. It looks good. Uh, obviously, it looks old because it's old, but like, I don't think it. I don't think it ages badly, considering it's, what, 50 years old, nearly. Um, but I, no, I, guess it, I actually think it's a really good film. I like the story about it. I try and put myself in the position of being a religious person. Like, I I think this film is much... See, if you're a Christian, and that, that genuinely believes in it all, not just someone that says, like, that identifies as a Christian, but, like, a, a genuine Christian that believes in everything about it. Make belief. Aye. This, well, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be like, nonsense. We'll, <laughs> a lot of people do, right? especially like Americans, right? especially Americans. Sorry, Americans. Um, <laughs> but I think if you're in that mindset, this would be fucking terrifying because this is a thing you genuinely believe is going to happen. Like, that the, the, there's going to be an antichrist that's going to come here to fucking do all this horrible shit. And that's why I think they focus a lot on the Bible stuff and like trying to make it feel genuine to that audience, if that makes sense. So like these are all real things out the Bible, and this is we're going to these genuine places, and this really land in our type of audience because we don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. Just shows the creepy wee boy killing folk. Um, I think if this movie was yeah. made now, sorry, Kev. I was yeah, and that's the point I was making earlier about. Give me more of him 
turning people to kill themselves or to do horrible mm -hmm. things to build up to the last 30 minutes being them working out why and then dealing with it, for instance. Like, that would that would work better for me. This, but I know what when I've watched this when I was much younger, because I was right into, like, films like this, Children of the Corn and stuff like that when I was young, that were dead creepy and dead scary. This just didn't have that kick anymore. Like, it it wasn't wasn't the one. I, I mean... If this movie was made in 2022, all the like investigation stuff would have been a five-minute scene of a guy going on Google uh, <laughs> something and making a phone call. And then the rest of it would be the creepy wee boy doing the fucking horror stuff. And that's what we like as an audience now, right? But you've got to think how different a time it was. Um, so I try and have that in my mind when I think about how I'm going to score this, because I do think it's very well done. Um, I think it was pretty groundbreaking at the time. I'd quite like to watch the sequel. The second one's my favourite. The third one's shit, but the second one's my favourite, because it does concentrate a lot. They've given you the backstory now, so you know that this wee boy is the son of the devil, and he's like a teenager now, and so you start to see him like become... Obviously, you see that, Kyle, like, I can't remember. Like, I feel like I must have, because obviously even just his name, the name sticks in with you as an evil name. Like, the, the anybody called Damien is an instant fit thought to this. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think that's uh, <laughs> as iconic for what it is. Um, but I'll pass on. Listen, we're, we're big WWE geeks. We've got big Damien Priest now. Aye. <laughs> I feel sorry for all the Damien's out there, because you've just berated them. Yeah, if your name's Damien, you're an evil cunt and you're a creepy weirdo. But it is, it is a and creepy... And for all the morons. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it a creepy name, though. Like, if you wanted to give a child a creepy name, the first thing that comes out of your head now is Damien because of this film. I actually used to love the name. And, like, when I was younger, I used to tell my mum and dad that if I had a boy, I would want to call him Damien. But I'd never, ever seen The Omen before. But it was because uh, Derek Trotter's son in Only Fools and Horses was named Damien. Aye. Uh, that's all it makes me remind the first is that I just like as only feels the horses just every time you would they saw it, it just like all oh, the music for this would start uh, playing. I mean it's I the same, it's the same joke. Uh, it's the same joke that so surely you could have picked up from watching only feels and horses the same thing. He's <laughs> still like a devil child in only yeah. feels and horses. Aye, just to put the the murdering in that. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, what was your thoughts on this, mate? Very similar to Burnsy. Uh, but this was the first time that I'd seen it as well, although I'd seen like, bits of it. I'm not really sure where I'd seen bits of it, but like, uh, the nanny jumping out, off and like hanging herself. Uh, I'd seen that somewhere before. Uh, the I just felt like it was like kind of what you said as well, Kyle. Like, there was like, there'd be a wee scene of like something bizarre happening. Like... When they uh, when they're in the car with the baboons at the animal bit, which I thought was actually really cool, like the way that was shot, uh, it was really well done. Uh, and then the bit with the like, just oh, like the animals are scared of Damien. There's giraffe running away. Oh look, there's a Rottweiler, and then it just goes on to like really boring dialogue and all that. And it, that just seemed to be the pattern of the film throughout. So I was just kind of like, obviously, like I'm not a horror fan. Like that's never scared me in the slightest at all which I found with a lot of like the older horrors that we've watched. Uh, like it's pretty creepy and like the boy that plays Damien, his child was really, really good. Uh, as kind of Daniel's already said it was really good casting in that. But I uh, just 
pretty kind of bored through it. Again, like these kind of films are just not really for me because I've never really grown up to to like horror films and all that. Like I don't get the nostalgia from it. it. Like I can understand why it's like highly thought of and that. Uh, I didn't really feel like it was that dated. I thought it would feel a lot more dated, uh, but I, I just kind of felt it was like creepy scene to give off the, the things that like like. This is the, the fucking, this is Satan, this wee child Satan, and then it's just boring dialogue, and then back to another creepy scene, and it just kind of went, like, just kind of repeated all that. Uh, it's, it's just, like, I, I would kind of say for me, bang average, but like, this is, that's just my preference. I've never really, never been into older horror films or that. Like, a lot of the newer shite horror films, like, what, like, a horror fanatic would call shite films, like, the paranormal activity, like they scare the shit out of me and all that. Like, and, and I know they're shit, but I, just, I wouldn't watch them because they just terrify me. Whereas, like, a lot of the older stuff, like this, like your Halloween's, like uh, what else have we watched that's older, like Pet Cemetery and all that. Just yeah. don't, they just don't scare me at all. Elm Street was the same for you, wasn't it? Aye, that's the same. Aye, uh, like creepy. Aye, but like, I, I can imagine if I was a 32 year old or whatever back then going to the pictures to see that I probably would have been shining myself in that but watching it back now in 2022 eh, it, it just doesn't doesn't really kind of scare me and I'm really easily scared with horror films and that so just the older ones I just find more creepy eh, definitely we have better storyline than the current horrors the current horrors are I find a lot like just scary because it's just jump after jump after jump but uh, I would say, just to summarise, just kind of bang average for me. Uh, it's, again, to emphasise before I get attacked on Instagram, it's uh, not my scene, this. <laughs> See, di- directly after watching The Omen, um, I put on, for the, and I had never seen this before, The Hills of Eyes. That's the original, good. Watch that. N- not the original. I think it must have been a remake. The remake. Both good. The remake's good. Way scarier watching that than watching The Omen. Oh, we could watch that on this. That Sean will, Sean will oh, answer that. <laughs> That's like, and it was like a proper like Laurie worked really hard to get me to watch that because, like, I, I'd heard about obviously the original and uh, like how how gruesome that was and like about like there was I think uh, about the the vape scene which I don't think was was kind of toned down in the remake I think, but in the original it was pretty gru- gruesome. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You think? He's only, I don't know. Uh, so I like I have seen the House of Eyes, the remake. It was oh god, man, how long have we been doing it? It was probably right at the start when we first started kind of going out in the first year or whatever. But uh, I was I was I was very scared of that. Uh, was that back when you would do things to make her happy? Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> so when he'd actually give her eye contact and call her by her first name. No, I just like. Uh, like uh, the other night she came through and she goes eh, oh that film's on eh, Amazon eh, that I wanted to see Dog and I'm like what and she goes that Dog and I'm like right and she goes do you want to watch it and I was like oh. and I was like right okay so like I like we went, this was like late at night so like we went to bed and then she put it on and it's that eh, Chanum Tatum Chan, how was it said Ch- Chanum T- Channing Tatum Channing Tatum that's it and uh, it's about him and a dog. I don't know if any of you have seen it or heard of it. Uh, mm. But 
Like I just kind of, I just kind of tell her I was tired after half an hour, and I turned it off. The <laughs> <laughs> lassie just went to watch a film. You make her run two films a week, but she, you kind of watch one with her. No, like no, that was like that was just shite. <laughs> but wait, would you not just let her watch it and you could just go to sleep? Did she have to turn it off? No, I said to her, "Are you tired?" And then she went, "She on," and I went, "Oh, I'm tired as well." So I, I then she says, "We'll watch this later on." Eh? And she was like, "Right." And then I turned it off, and we've not went back to it. Sean, <laughs> your life sounds so excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, like obviously, like uh, we do watch stuff together and that. But like uh, that, like I, I, I just, I just, I was tired. I'd, I've been, it's been, it's been a long week. I've been on the on the back shifts and all that. It's difficult. So. I love the way he narrated that way, and and she said no, and then I said turn it off, and she said okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, as soon as it went off, like, the tears were out like a light. Channing <laughs> <laughs> Tatum and his dogs put you to sleep. That was uh, it. Uh, it's just one of the stupid films. Uh, like it's just about a guy who's in the army who got discharged, who wants to go back in the army. And he needs to drive a dead sergeant's dog across the country, but this dog's really bad. No wonder you've never fallen asleep with that review. We've all seen that. (laughs) Is that not just Judy, but with a dog instead? Is that Alphonicus? Basically, aye. It's another road trip movie, and I can tell you, I've not even seen it, but by the end, they'll form a connection and a bond. uh, And they've obviously gone up to where I've seen they were having issues with each other. But they'll form a bond and a connection, and he'll want to keep the dog. I mean, you don't yet fucking watch it. I've seen that from a hundred times before. It could yeah. be a bestiality movie. You never know. So moving on, Hunter. What is wrong with you, man? Honestly, that is very... fill the silence, please, Hunter. Fill the silence. <laughs> yes. Just leave it there, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> just end on that. Here's your time here. I'm going back to the football, guys. I'm going to mute. Like, I right. So for this, I went in hoping for sort of some of the same vibes, or not vibes, but the kind of feelings that you get from like Halloween and stuff like that. And I just felt like I don't know if it's kind of similar to what Bumsy said, where there's too much filler about the investigation that I was left a lot more bored than I was gripped. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some iconic scenes and the soundtrack, especially that modern music, is so iconic for this. I mean, no one's even touched on it yet, but who the fuck hangs a goldfish bowl in a lampshade in a fucking hallway in the first place? I was just asking for an accident. <laughs> Good point. So then... It's not, it's not even like she's just like on the ladder putting it above her. She's then stretching over the banister whilst stepping up to put this one. If he didn't come and mm. knock her she was going to fault her death anyway, so... I <laughs> think she deserved it. <laughs> and then there's a... obviously that scene with the bike, and then that, I mean, I just kind of touched on like the death at the start, like, oh, Damien, this is for you, happy birthday, then she just flings herself off that. And then <laughs> I think that bit, that obviously you know what's coming with the bike, but it's still it's still iconic because I think at the time obviously I had that shock factor. It's one of those things that's been passed on through generations. And then the twist at the end, I mean not even like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, that we sort of side turn and we smuck and we evil side die that he gives a camera at the end is iconic. But I think 
the twist in itself because when you start seeing the proper uh, military uh, funeral, you, th- you just presume it's for the dad because obviously it was like the uh, I don't know what it was, was it like the British consul, however it is, whatever his role yeah. was. He, he was in he was in power anyway, so you'd expect that funeral for him, but then no, as you found it, it's for the cops. Because that the last thing you think you see him there firing the gun, so you just you, you don't know how I would like to actually seen how I don't know if you maybe see or find out in the uh, sequels what he actually done to stop the bullets and then uh I'll need, I don't remember. What I remember is he goes to like boarding school and he's like a teenager. And I, his parents are like, I don't think the dad's involved. So I can't remember how it gets there. I'll need to watch it again. It's been about 10 years since I watched it. But what I would say, I do remember um, liking the remake a lot more than what I did this. And I think I've only ever watched it the once. And I do actually have a funny story about the remake. So. Um, friend of the podcast and Daniel's puppeteer, they came to visit me one day when I was the end. So my mum's <laughs> phoned me and says, "Oh, Scott Neely's in. You need to come round." It, when well, you say puppeteer, to it took me a minute there to work out what you were talking about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I wasn't there at the time. So my sister then tells me the story that so it's nearly my mum and my sister sitting watching the 2006 Omen remake. <laughs> And nearly as I go to my mom or oh, Mrs. H, you'll need to turn this off. That wee boy's at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> well, well, adults at this point, okay? Yeah. Who just turns up at someone's door to chap and see if you're in? Is that what's happened? You just turned up at your door to see. You must have been stuck for like night. It's like, I'll go over there and get a couple of cans of hot dogs. I was there. So I was like, I'm just going. I'm just sitting with your mom watching Omen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bizarre. <laughs> I remember. It was, a, it was a strange period in our life. <laughs> the substances involved in that, aren't there? Not at the during the watching, watching of the omen. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. H was providing them. <laughs> she was. I <laughs> 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 right, but I can back back to the, this one. A lot, but very disappointed for what I was expecting. But some kudos needs to be given for. Part of the scene it was part of it. You could maybe at the time it was all but ground breaking. It might have caught my attention, but I think I was expecting a lot more from it than what it actually delivered to me. Yeah. Fair play. Do you have any trivia on this one, Hunter? I do indeed, yes. Let me just source it just now. So um what I have is apparently the biggest problem with um shooting Mrs. Baylock's dog was that the animal was nothing like the creature he was supposed to be portraying. He wanted to lick and play with his co-stars rather than threaten them. Oh, um, oh just turns a fist ball... See if it was a cat. If it was really oh, a no. cat, that evil wee bastard would be out of the place. They're horrible <laughs> little cunts. Uh, so when the fishbowl um, falls to the ground, it was dead sardines that were painted orange. Um, instead of actual goldfish, because the director refused to kill any goldfish for the sake of making a movie. 
Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. The goldfish that lasts about three days. Oh, um, no. The song uh, Ave Satine remains the only best original song Oscar nominee for a horror film, and it's still the only nominee that was written and sung in Latin. Oh. And Ave Satine is that Latin for um, Hail Satan. There you go. I'm um, surprised uh, on that point. I'm surprised nobody mentioned the music. I think the music's pretty iconic in this as well. Yeah, that's like, what I was saying. It's kind of does. The, the music did win an Oscar. Yes. Um, so Richard Donner also had to frequently um, reshoot close-ups of uh, Gregory Peck because the star <laughs> objected to being seen with double chins. And just think, if they'd we made it now, Daniel, as I said, they could have just put a filter on and none of it. They could have just done it in one take. <laughs> and uh, apparently during filming, also, Richard Donner's hotel was bombed by the IRA. <laughs> I can't believe it. That's so random. The show. I mean, it's not quite a uh, Daniel Shagan and Aunt Edna. This man is up there. Wow. Uh, fair play, fair play, guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll hit this Can with I, some sports. Hunter, is that all the trivia you've got? Aye, I guess you've got something else. Teen, uh, oh, this is, I've never done this before, but. Uh, I, I, after I watched it, I googled like the actor who played Damien, right, and I came across two bits of trivia that I would like to share. Nice. So, see the scene, right, with the baboons? Yes. Obviously, it was real, right? They, <laughs> to get them to react like that to the car, they didn't feed them the day before, right? So they were hungry. They put food on and around the car, and also the director sat in the car with two baby baboons to make them angry. Fucking hell. <laughs> How brutal is that? That's... I know. And my other bit of trivia was that the, the, the boy who played Damien was cast because during his audition, he attacked the director. He kicked him in the balls. <laughs> Yes, I go see, violence is the answer, guys. I'd imagine that boot to the was more painful than the IRA bombing. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, see, on that point you're making, this is on a tangent, but seeing that point you're making about like animals being badly treated for movies that you wouldn't be able to do. Um, remember what was it called again? The Greatest Journey or something like that. It got changed. It got remade as Homeward Bound, but I used to have a different name. The original was called like. The Greatest Journey or something. About the cat and a dog travelling across America to get home, right? And there's a scene in it where a cat, the cat gets in, caught in the water and gets taken downstream and, like, and manages to get out in the end. And apparently when they filmed it, like, 40-odd cats died because to get the scene, they just kept throwing cats in the water. Jesus. I they wanted. I'm Don't absolutely know. all for that. They should have done more. Hey. That's horrible. Horrible. And they had a bear in it, and like the bear was like chained up and treated like shit. There's all this stuff, like every animal in it was treated badly. That's horrible. Nice. Uh, it's nice, yeah. Really we'll do scores. <laughs> <laughs> cheered, cheered us all up here with that oh, one, Daniel. 
Bunsy, we'll come to you first for your score of the omen. Right down the middle, two and a half. Two and a half. Daniel? Four. Four. Sean? Same as Bunsy, two and a half. And Hunter? It's a two for me. Well, do you know what? I was going to say, I'm going to end up being the lowest here scoring it at a two. Um, I definitely didn't have the same kick from you that it did for you, Daniel. Uh, as as, I knew that I'd be the only one. I knew I'd be the outlier here. Uh, Hunter actually sounded a little bit sad. I think he felt like he let me down when he said that too. <laughs> I did. I know. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, bless. Well, uh, Bunsy, what does that do to the actual scoring then? 2.6. 2.6. Uh, and we'll reveal where that lands on the leaderboard at the end of the stream because I don't have it ready. <laughs> I'll start making that a thing that we do at the end so I buy myself more time now that I've just fucking forgot. Um, before we do move on to talk about Pretty Women, um, I don't know if you did get any topics, Daniel, that you come through on Instagram, but I did see one myself, um, what I thought would be a quite an interesting one to ask, right? So the post that I seen on Instagram was... It was three actors, and you had to remove one of them from existence. But as well as removing the actor, you removed all the movies that they were in. Okay? So Sorry. the three actors were Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Easy. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Well, that seems like... Is that unanimous? Aye. Get it. Aye, that, the other two are in some of the best movies of all time. Like Tom Cruise is in a handful of decent movies. And Jack, let me make it harder. I'm going to take Tom Cruise out and I'm going to throw Morgan Freeman in instead. Morgan Freeman. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's a, that's a, an existence without Shawshank. Yes. It's average, anyway. Scored four plus by everyone average. I would need to think about what else Morgan Freeman's in, because that's a world without seven as well. Driving Miss Daisy? No, I, I couldn't, like, seven and Shawshank are probably in my top ten movies, so I would, I would yeah. need to uh, It means there would, there would be no Dark Knight as well, as you were talking about it at the start. Yep. Yeah, be no yeah. Dark Knight without Morgan. I see, this is, that's... The new that's that's a bit of conundrum than the first option. No, I would get rid of Johnny Depp. No Pirates in the Caribbean, movie. best Disney movie ever made, Sean. Ah, it's fine. Actually, Pirates, we're not any good anyway. So. Nightmare on Empty, tough to go. Aye, it's okay. And that trio, it would be Johnny Depp, aye. Edward yeah. Scissorhands? Nah, that's, that's not in the league, eh? Others. I'm trying to think what our own movies off the top of my head that Johnny Depp's been in that are big. That's quite, I mean, he's had a lot of good movies, like Donnie Brasco, I like a lot. Um, Sweetie but, Todd? Nah, see, I none of these. I can. I Johnny Depp can go. See now, the more we talk about it, I'd maybe keep Tom Cruise over Johnny Depp. <laughs> Get the Mission Impossible ones. I do like my Mission Impossible movies. Well, Mission Impossible Two was like a. It was like a big time in my life. What age were we? About thirteen, fourteen. Don't know. Uh, again. What's the age gaps between us? Oh, I suppose eh? I'm thirty-five. I'm the youngest, aren't I? I'm younger than you, Bonzi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure enough. This is interesting before listening, eh? Uh, <laughs> How old we are. Well, I'm going to give you one more little trio of uh, of people then, um, and we'll see if it's it, as quickly as unanimous as that. But we'll go bigger. We'll start with Daniel Day-Lewis, Jack Nicholson, 
and Robert De Niro. Oh. Robert De Niro. What? Robert De Niro? Oh, I was going to say Daniel Day-Lewis or um, Jack Nicholson, but I would keep... Who's our one? I can't even remember. De Niro. <laughs> Robert De Niro burns De Niro. out. What was that? Oh, man. That's even harder. So our number one movie wouldn't exist. Oh, I forgot he's... Uh, no, I'll give it to Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis, like, obviously there's some of these movies that are out there that aren't quite for me, but I do recognise him as probably one of the best actor ever. Yeah, yeah, I know Daniel that loves him as well. Yeah, so the difference for me is every other actor I would want to keep because how good their movies are. Yeah, I'm the same. As, like, but the performance of Daniel Day-Lewis is... I couldn't... The one, Daniel Day-Lewis, like, amazing, like, I don't know, acting if would seem different without him. If you think about it like this, you would lose less films if you got rid of Daniel Day-Lewis than anybody else. Aye, but so you'd like, lose Daniel Day-Lewis. That's it. Uh, he doesn't like the spotlight or that. He'd be okay with it. He'd just he would have <laughs> films. <laughs> what about Jack Nicholson? And you've got to keep Jack Nicholson. That's a no-brainer. I, think, I don't think he's in the quit. Oh, but then you've got De Niro. I don't know, it's so hard. Um, so if you lose Jack Nicholson, you're losing The Shining, which is our second top movie, is it not? Yeah. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest would be a top five. You'd be uh, losing The party as well. Yeah. Uh, Original 1980s Batman. Yeah. Oh, there's so many with Jack Nicholson. There's so many. Like, Anger Management. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the movies to put out there. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, that's that's maybe a question we can stick out to the Instagram as well at some point, Daniel, and let's get some more people's thoughts on it, because when I seen this, and it, it had loads of different actors, it had actresses and stuff as well, and it was that case of pick one, one goes, and all the films go with them. Um, this is fun. I, I keep thinking of like three in my head to play. This was a good idea. We should make this a thing. <laughs> But then, we could uh, even... just on that, like we could just scrap the reviewed movies and just uh, like uh, lose one, and then talk about actors and films. Right, we've got a good grounding now to do that. We've all seen a fair few films. Right, I'm just going to throw one last one, guys, before we finish up, just because I've seen three names there: uh, Denzel Washington, Tom Hanks, and Robin Williams. Oh, Robin Williams, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, I'm thinking Robin Williams at first. Good, good, well, Hunter. I'll definitely keep Denzel Washington because a few films that we've watched, he's been it's been class. So um, I would comfortably lose Denzel Washington out of those. Comfortably. Uh, I, I feel like uh, that. I, I said what you said that like on that point. Denzel Washington films would still probably be as good if there was somebody else playing his role in their films. You could find somebody else to do that. But and the films go with them, though. You can't just right. but, but you know what I mean? Like, somebody could remake... A, like, the oh, right, okay. Like, John, Equalizer would go. I think you're a fan of that. I, I would keep Denzel Washington, that's what I'm saying, so it wouldn't go anywhere. Who's <laughs> 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 the third one again? Uh, Robert. Robert, Tom Hanks. Oh, that, that, you, you can't lose Tom Hanks, can you? He's into... You don't have Toy Story, but... <laughs> a 
that's her childhood gone. I'm big as well. Oh, big loads of them. Big was. Cast away all of them. Forest, I could lose Forrest Gump to get that to fuck. Bridge of Spies. <laughs> <laughs> was, that the sec- was that the first or second movie we ever watched? It was the second. The yeah. first was uh, Daniel's, what's it? Oh, fucking Michael Keaton in it. What's it called again? Birdman. Man. Oh, God. Well, listen, there's, there's, this is something we can obviously we can utilise on social media and get some people's thoughts on it as well. It'll be interesting to see people argue to get rid of a Daniel Day-Lewis or to get rid of a Tom Hanks. Um, so if you are listening, there's anyone, any combination of three that you can think of, reach out to us. We'll put it out and see what people think. Well, guys, we're ready to move on to our final movie for this week. Yeah. Yes. Timed absolutely perfectly now that the second half of the football is just about to kick off. So, uh, <laughs> we are going to talk about Pretty Woman, uh, starring the absolutely beautiful, stunning, amazing Julia Roberts, and couldn't care else who else is in this movie. Uh, a man in a legal but hurtful business needs an escort for some social events and hires a beautiful prostitute that he meets only to fall in love. Now, Burnsy, the romantic that you are, you have got experience here in falling in love with people experience here in bad business ventures but most of the experience comes from watching movies so what did you think of this one um i so i think i must i thought i'd only watched this once before but i think i must have watched it at least a couple of times um because i remember pretty much the full lot of it but i think obviously that those points i was watching it i wasn't really thinking of what i thought of the film it was just it was just on and said actually building a viewpoint, really. Wait, wait, what situation was this, Bonzi? Where you oh, were watching, watching Pretty Woman, but you weren't paying attention to the film. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you were doing. Oh, that's a Pretty Woman and Chill Night, if ever I've heard one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry, I, I could see your, I could see you wanted to say son. I didn't. I thought maybe I'd made an after son to see you just. No, the heat was coming out there, Bunsy. <laughs> um, aye. So, God, I thought head in the face as well, haven't you? I know. That's what you've got. That's what you've got your camera off, so you can we can't tell if you're going bad or not. Could do that more often. Um, I thought Joe Roberts was terrific throughout it. Um, what about her acting? <laughs> I was referring to her acting. I wasn't going in hard like you were with your introduction about her. Oh, you you were going in hard. hard. That was the problem, Burnsy. <laughs> <laughs> this is going off the rails tonight. What the fuck? <laughs> Welcome to Moron's uh, Review of Masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a short podcast. <laughs> Oh dear. A collective five minutes all left. <laughs> you did it twice, like. <laughs> Sorry, back to the back to Burns's review of the movie. <laughs> Aye. So Richard Gere is I thought he played his role quite well, but I don't know about what you thought. I kinda hated the character a wee bit at certain points, the way he was acting. Um because 
he sort of shows different sides to sides to his character, which is is good for the film. It's not in against Richard Gere. It's more just against obviously if people watch and think, oh, he's this nice guy or whatever. He's really not. Um, I don't think as he comes across as how he respects Vivian at stages when he backs her up when she's got um, a master. You can still hear me. Must I don't know if my internet's cut out. Right, cool. Football stopped working. You see. <laughs> I know it's because it said load and I thought I'm going to end up getting cut off in the middle of my speech in the podcast. Anyway, so I, he obviously backs up for on certain occasions when his, um, is it his lawyer or something that tries to hit on her and wants to pay her for to sleep with him and things like that. And also when she's in the shops and then he, she has issues, etc. So he does like have a sort of softer side to him as well. But then there's a scene where he like treats her completely like a sex worker. And she reacts to it, and his reaction is just like a dick. Like he just, he's like, he basically just treats her completely like a, that he's paying for her, she should do what he wants at that stage, which he's of, I don't know whether he's just hiding that side to him or whether that's how he really feels, etc. So, like, when I've sort of jumped to the end and I'll go back, is that at the very end, where um, it's as if she's getting her happy ever after, etc. I didn't want that to happen because I watched, she obviously talked about how she wanted her life. She had like ambitions and aims about going back and learning and things like that. And she realised, she said that she had said in her view she made mistakes in life and that's how she'd end up being a prostitute. And the ending for me would have been a lot better if that's what she'd done and maybe she met, some, she met someone who treated her properly, whereas he, he did all these romantic gestures, but I don't know, Hinky, I, I don't know how deep his feelings were. It was as if she was a lot more in love with him and she'd fallen for him. Um, I think the film did a really good way of illustrating how people can form opinions of somebody just by their first view or how they look, etc. As as was shown when Vivian goes out shopping, and you can see how people are just like in that store, just wanting her out because of the way she's dressed, and they think I don't know whether they think she's either skint or whether she's going to steal stuff, whatever they think. Um, so it was quite amusing when she goes back and just gives them what for and tells them, well, look what you missed out on. You just took took me at face value and didn't realise that, well, one, she obviously had money, but it's wrong to treat MD like that for a, for a start, which obviously you can imagine that maybe that's what happens in sort of stores, possibly even still at this day, about how if you've just got that wrong look, people aren't interested in you. Um, also, when she's singing in the bath, I thought that was quite quite a funny scene how she was obviously not got a care in the world and she was obviously really happy after probably before that she was seemed really unhappy seemed quite unhappy in her life and then also the when she flicks the snail in the restaurant and it that was quite I thought that 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 made me burst out laughing because I didn't expect it at all um and then the interactions between Vivian and the hotel manager I thought he was quite good for out at the hotel manager I don't know what the guy's name was um but I hear, but he was quite. He he played his character quite well, and you could see obviously they were kind of they sort of showed her how she was sort of nervous and unsure about things, where maybe she does give off a bit of bravado at times. But yeah, I thought of, overall I enjoyed it. There's different parts of what I would change about the film as I've explained, but it was definitely good. It, I probably because I've watched that often now. I could probably remember a lot of the film, so um, I probably wouldn't go back and watch it, but it was definitely one I'm glad that we did review, and I did I did enjoy it. Burns has watched this movie a hundred times, but different five-minute parts at a time. 
<laughs> Just in the past week. Wasn't that long, right? <laughs> no, it's um it, it's it's a really good movie, right? And it's what it's one of those ones that's very iconic. Um it paints this, that picture of being the dream that the woman's going to be saved by this handsome rich guy that's going to change her life. And I think it's one of those movies when you watch now where you understand a little bit more about it, you can see how quite toxic it is, like the whole message that it gives out. It falls mm. into that same category with like Disney princess stories and the, the, the kind of underlying tone with them as well. But she she's a, she's brought in this. It's very, very iconic, but I don't think I can talk about the movie for much longer without asking the question, guys. Are we all aware of the internet rumour that kicked around about Richard Gere? No. No. Daniel's smiling. Yes. Go on, Daniel. Tell us what the what's the the Richard Gear rumor that never never went away apparently. Um if we don't get the podcast name out of this story, I'll be shocked. Uh, <laughs> Before you go on, this is something they were sticking animals up his ass. Yes. <laughs> Shockingly, yes. Animals. Uh, well, a particular animal. Well, uh, I read the line that I've I've got here. So the story yeah. goes, Richard Gere once got a gerbil stuck up his ass and had to go to the ER to get it removed. We see it's stuck up his ass. It makes it sound as if it's just went up there and he's no known about it. Which is even more worrying. Like, oh, I got it's like, oh, I, got, I just got stuck there. I didn't shove it up. <laughs> I just woke up. And there was a gerbil arse. Did that happen? Was it alive? Yes. But dangerous. Do you, do you not remember Eminem done a song? Talk uh, mentions it in a song. These no, gerbils. So- I mean, they're their own going up people's bums. I tell you. <laughs> Obviously, when you're like uh, Lemmy Winks for South Park. <laughs> Hunter's currently googling how much is a gerbil. Instead of how many Lego could you stuff up your bum, it's how many gerbils. <laughs> that can't be true. That surely can't be true. It's definitely uh, an urban, it's got to be an urban myth. But like these things, obviously, when you're young in the early days of the internet, this like obviously grew arms and legs every time you heard it. So the story I always heard was you like to get, <laughs> you know how like a hamster's cage, they've got little plastic tunnels that they can run through. So it was a section, he would have a section of that shoved up his arse, and then he would let the gerbil go up the pipe and oh, his yeah. arse. I thought he was looping the gerbil. happened at Epstein's He's island. looping the gerbil! <laughs> see how you see about like, stories that you hear when you're, when you're younger and that? Like, uh, there was a story always going like, around our school, I think it was my school, but basically that a boy at Larbert High had uh, no rib cage and he used to just suck his own dick. That was used to, it was my Marlon Manson. And, uh, but there was a rumour going about that, like, there was a boy for Albert High that done that as well. That's <laughs> funny. Was that uh, true? He, he ended up going to watch The Omen at Mrs. H's house. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been a, that's been an urban myth about loads of famous people. Uh, but I'm sure that's all a thing that debunks it. Say, even, doesn't matter how many ribs you've got, you can't fold your spine in half. Right. So. <laughs> So no matter how hard you try, cannot be done. <laughs> well, I've I've got a quote here from Richard Gere himself addressing the rumour. 
No wonder my box. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he keeps telling Laura to go to sleep. <laughs> hey, uh, Richard Gerardessa said, I stopped reading the press a long time ago. There's lots of crazy things that they come up about me at first, especially from the tabloids. There's even an infamous gear stuck a hamster up his bum myth. I, 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 He's going to deny it then. I, I, I don't he just, he just said it was a myth. Aye. It can't be true. Well, he's, 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 he's not going to come in and say, yeah, I, I quite enjoy it. Try it. Mm. He's obviously going to say bullshit, but I, I just mean, sound... what is that? Like reverse bestiality? I mean, who's doing who? Aye. <laughs> like, what happens when it's up there? Like, it's not if you can put your fucking hand in and pull it out. Do you know what I mean? It just sounds too ridiculous. Just I think that's how he ended up in the hospital. <laughs> Well, I mean, if it is true, I would like to think that that wasn't his his first time. Like, I would imagine it would just keep going and like end up in like your intestines and your stomach and just eat you for the inside and you would die. And then oh, just come you mean, like the size of animal would keep going, so he'd end up like with a chihuahua and would be his next. Imagine you should get gerbil there and it gave birth. Started off a dwarf hamster and went to a gerbil, then he's on a chihuahua after that. That's, I'm just pissed. I'm laughing in my head so much here. So the idea that he's got a gerbil up his ass, so he puts something that would eat a gerbil up his ass to catch the gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, what, is that not the old nursery rhyme? So instead of the old lady with the fly, it's uh, Richard Gear putting things up his ass. So he puts up a dog to catch the cat, and so on. <laughs> he put up a hamster, and then he put up a gerbil to catch a hamster. <laughs> He's ended up with a guinea pig hanging out the fucking back end of him. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I couldn't every time he came on this on the on the screen, that's all I could think of was the rumour about him sticking stuff up his arse. It's ruined anything that he's in for me. I, I won't ever see past that now. And it's probably one of the early the early like connotations they like slander running around the internet and the tabloids just yeah. ruining somebody's career. Because what else is he in? Um, yeah, I mean, he, he had no, he had like quite an iconic time, but I suppose from the 2000 onwards, he's not done anything, has he? Just too busy well, sticking gerbils up his like a, a well known name. <laughs> uh, like, I think everybody has heard of like heard them before. Yeah, well, there we go. Anyway. Daniel, what did you think of the movie? Um, so there's quite often that we sit and do this where. I'll sit and I'll say loads of good things about a film, and then I can see all of you sitting going, "No, it's not for me." This is how when it feels the opposite for me. Um, this just is not for me, man. I just find it stupid. Like, the, uh, like, oh, if you're down in your luck and you're a prostitute, don't worry. A millionaire is going to just drive by one day, and. Uh, I, it's fucking. It's a stupid film. Like I don't get what it's trying to teach you. Like I, I think they're both not nice characters. Like I think he's an absolute dick. I've got a bit of an issue with it to gear as well. Like there's something about his face. Do you know there's some people whose face annoys you? He's one of those for me. He's got those weird narrow eyes. Like it looks like he's constantly. Knowing like the MySpace days, you would get a lot of guys that would like screw up their eyes for pictures to try and look cool. He looks like he's always doing that, like trying to pose for like a model picture. Um, and his face annoys me. And see when she's in the bath, all I can think now is that video that Sean sent in 
with well a bit of headspace on him. <laughs> and that that would be better than this. Uh, see if it went to that scene, that would be the most enjoyable bit of the movie. Um, it just doesn't do anything for me. It's really cliched. Like, ah, uh, I just don't get it. That, I don't get that's it. what I was trying to say earlier, Daniel. With the the actual what they've tried to tell with the story of this is the down the luck woman who gets saved by the handsome rich guy and she lives happily ever after, which is classic Disney. With their kind of stuff, but actually, when you Burnsy touched on, actually, he treats her like shit. He's a bit of an arsehole. He buys his way through her happiness, and actually, he's a dick. Hi, and like, it's got that classic Disney attempted sexual assault scene, um, <laughs> which it, it, it's so weird. It seems like so dated in the sense that not more was. Why was that 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 guy not taken instantly to prison for? sexually assaulting that woman because that's like forcefully like physically assaulting her mm-hmm. and then Richard Gere's even really hesitant about hitting him he just wants him to go away and you know that nobody's going to the police about that like it's such a it's weird for me to look at how different a time it is that that's not even thought of in any way that guy will just go back to be the lawyer and I think that's what times were like what, and, what curled my toes a bit is they talk about their friendship at that point yeah. Ruined, ruined, you've ruined a 10-year friendship. You just tried to molest somebody. Just tried to molest them. It's, I, I found, so I did find that a wee bit shocking because I'm not someone that's watched this a lot of times. Like, saw it when I was young. It's never really been my thing. Um, I like romantic movies that are quite realistic and feel like two gen, like actual people. I feel like these two characters are too slapsticky. Like, it's too, too many to the extreme. Like, one's a down-on-the-luck prostitute, but actually she's a go-getter. Uh, and the other ones are sociopath, scrupulous millionaire that just likes to stick companies down. And you get to see the sort of moral arc of him by the end because he's met this nice prostitute, he no longer wants to make millions by stripping down companies. Like, it's just stupid. To, and I, I was sort of laughing at myself, like, how's it, who's letting this story arc down? And everyone's went, that's a good idea. And then everyone else watches it and loves it. I don't get it. Confuses me this film. What do you think, Sean? I hope you agree with me. <laughs> I'll be honest, I've not really looked into it that much. I just thought it was all right for what it was. Uh, just a daft film about a prostitute. Like, uh, I'd never seen it before. I was, to be completely honest, I was dreading watching it, but it wasn't really what I thought. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a right, lovey, dovey, goofy romance film, but like it was just I don't know it was alright like I agree with Kyle I thought Julia Roberts was stunning uh, like ridiculously stunning like I've no stopped thinking about her stunning clip that clip that I, it was just uh, it, it's a bit of a strange one for me because it's not something that I would, like I would ever like like I, I don't like I'm not a romantic person uh, in real life anyway. So really? the idea of watching like any kind of romance normally just makes me like pretty uncomfortable, if I'm honest. Like I just find it just over the top and just cheesy as fuck. But uh, I don't know. I I, I just I, I found this all right. Like it was. I, I don't find. I didn't find it funny. Uh, but like I wasn't like feeling nauseous about two people in love with each other. 
I, I don't know. I just found it really weird. Uh, maybe, maybe that was just you having a psychological breakthrough, like a positive breakthrough rather than the film. Right, going prowl the streets for a, a prostitute and trying to fall in love with her. No, I mean, the fact that you were able to watch it without feeling sick is what I mean. Maybe that's a positive. Maybe, maybe I'm just grown up in that now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but like, I, I, I've when did I watch this? I watched this. I actually watched it with Laurie. Uh, I get mixed up. I can't remember the last time we done this, but it was over a week ago, I think. And like, she asked me after it, or like, she absolutely loves it, and she was like, oh, "Did you like it?" And I was like. Like I didn't not like it, but it was just it was just like a, a quite a weird watch. And like I did find the thing with Daniel saying about the wee gimp for Seinfeld when he tried to basically rape her, and then like he, his pal just kicked him out. And then like I say to Laurie, I goes, "That's just ridiculous." Like if like that was in real life, like that guy would have got his head caved in, surely. Uh, so like that again, just a, like a different time, and I know it's a film and that. So like they just kind of gloss over it but like you've seen it earlier on in the film as well like when he first found out that she was a prostitute and then like he went up and he was like kind of touching her arm and like she was kind of going along with it he was saying oh maybe like you should come in and see me one time was it like a was it was it that polo event or something it was, was yeah it something like that yeah, something yeah. Like mad posh spot uh, so like it was kind of that kind of that seed was planted earlier on that like you knew that he was going to make a move on her and it was just, I don't know, it was just weird. That part was like really weird and uncomfortable. But this is genuinely one of the weirdest films I've watched because I don't dislike it, but like I don't particularly like it. I'm like proper bang in the middle. Like I, I probably would watch this again. Like if me and Laurie were struggling for something to watch, she goes on, try to put Pretty Woman on, I'd probably go, oh, all yeah, right. But, like, I, but I, I didn't like it. <laughs> How much is that of your uh, your obsession there with Julia Roberts from 1990? Oh, that was a joke. Like, she was obviously like really really good looking in that. Uh, I I don't know. I just feel really weird about this film. It's really bizarre. Like I, 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 it's been done so many times to an extent. Like where you get like the this it's normally like Wall Street that they're on. And this guy was near Wall Street. He was just a really successful millionaire and all that, just throwing money at everything. But like. And then like, you, you see him change throughout the film. I know that obviously Daniel didn't like the change and stuff like that, and it was a bit stupid, which is fair enough. But like for that point of view, you could you could tell what was going to happen and the way it was going to end. Like I said to Laurie five minutes like when they first met her and all that in the car, uh, I said, "Oh, they're going to have a big fallout." And then and then like she'll like as, as if like she's leaving, and then they'll get back together at the end, and then it'll be all happy and all that. Like you've seen all that stuff many times before. Uh, it was just predictable and all that, but I just I don't know. I feel really weird that I don't like it, but I don't dislike it. Like I'm proper like meh about it. It's one of them. It's, like it's a, funny because I feel like um, his character shows absolute zero emotional range throughout the whole movie. That he's just got the same deadpan look on him, even though he goes from being quite cold we are to falling in love with it. It's very samey the whole way through it. Like, even just the idea, right, of, like, letting this prostitute into your car to give you directions to wherever it was he was going, and then inviting her in, inviting her to stay with you for a week, leaving her in this penthouse, just giving her money, giving her your credit card to go and buy stuff, that is just absolutely bonkers, like, when you think about it. Like, I mean, I, I've never... Like giving Laurie my bank card and goes, go, go, go treat yourself. 
League One, but I don't know what money you've got, I guess. So if you're that loaded, then he's probably got that many credit cards. One, it wouldn't matter if she just went and blew it. Aye, I know. Probably but, the company care day, let's be honest. Aye, <laughs> if, if you are a multi-millionaire, you are a multi-millionaire because you are good with money. Like you wouldn't just give your card to a prostitute and say, go to all these expensive shops in Hollywood and buy buy Hunter's Eclairs. It's just wild. I mean, it, highlight, it highlights the fact, because we all agree that he's a bit of a dick to her, right? Mm-hmm. And what you, the point you made, Sean, it highlights the fact to see if this movie was about just a poor guy who worked at McDonald's who met her as a prostitute and said, I love you, will you stop being a prostitute and come and work at McDonald's with me and we can have a nice, happy, non-prostitute life? That wouldn't have, wouldn't have worked, would it? It's because he had loads of money. So the money. Sorry, John, carry on. But so kind of paints the message that, like, at that time, women would do anything for money, or women like that would do anything for money, not necessarily prostitutes, but you get the idea that, like, like just, like, lower class or whatever it is, and like money's everything and all that, and like I hate that. So I'm glad that love won in the end. It paints it in a Cinderella style story, though, yeah. which is not the best storyline to paint anything. But no, um, no, I understand it. Hunter, you understand right. it. <laughs> there is one question I need answered first, Sean. Listen. Would you rather watch Pretty Woman again or the second half of Doug? Uh, probably Pretty Woman again because uh, I know how dogs going to end Doug <laughs> Doug <laughs> Doug like Hunter just put a U right in the bag in the middle of it Doug <laughs> it's a much better film with Martin Compton than some wee Scottish terrier whatever <laughs> oh dear <laughs> Aye, so for me, like, I'm probably more in the bungee camp for this one. I mean, as you know, the trials and tribulations I had with watching this film in the first place, I had to sit and watch it on my phone because I was uh, not thinking in the right places. I left the house and left my laptop charger here first. I went to wait to work. I had to try and squeeze this film in there, right? So I ended up watching it on my phone. So... Didn't get me wrong, I still I, I was like text Lauren and watching like what are you thinking, what are you thinking? Obviously similar to Lauren was showing that's one of Lauren's favourite films and I was like I was actually enjoying it and I'm just like I was just sad that I was having to sit and watch it in a hotel room by myself rather than watching it with her. There's a big benefit in there, mate, you're missing out. <laughs> it was interrupting my normal hotel room viewing it. <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> That's why you needed that charger for your laptop. <laughs> that is true. I but um, yeah, again, don't get me wrong. But what he's all saying is correct about Richard Gibbs' character. He's a prick. He's just using his money to get his own way. And let's face it, although love may win in the end, love is only fueled. She does not fall in love with him if he's no rich to an extent. She falls in love with him way before that's the other way around. American, right. she's, she's, I mean, she, she's the one that makes the first move. She's the one that kisses him on the lips first. It's no, he falls in love with She falls in love with him first. And again, that's fueled by the fact that he's just gave her the caves to go. She's, he's gave her a, live, a taste of the life that she thought working the streets of the Los Angeles and Hollywood would, would give her. And that's how she's fallen for it. But there are, that aside, I mean, let's, let's, let's face it, at the time it came out and it was released, 
It was a Disney film for the Moors that was their cartoon. That's the same, it's the same context, but it's a Disney film for Moors rather than for kids is what the target range usually was back then for films. But I, again, that aside, there are still some so many redeeming qualities about it. I mean, it's a chick flick without being overly cheesy or overly sickening. And although it's set in the 80s, some of the 80s cheese music works in the right context and in this film it seems to work. And again, similar to what Sean about it, I didn't hate it. I went in fully expecting to hate it because I don't, it just gets built up and you're like, oh, fuck's sake, chick flick, rom-com, whatever. And even then, it's not overly funny. I, I just, I just found myself enjoying it. I don't know what it was. Sitting watching it on my phone with my headphones in, in some dingy hotel. It wasn't dingy. It was a country club in Middlesbrough, but it was still <laughs> like. It's still hitting that you're down in your luck there, aren't there? I know. Who can be hotel where I pull in a giant scooter to watch a football at? But no, I was sitting in my room crying. You were driving around the streets in Middlesbrough. I know. I know I had had that one in my at my dash cam instead. I just put the film on and drove a bit more than a half. <laughs> but I mean, as I said, like I'm fully expected like to have been built up from what other people have told me about the film to like, oh no, this isn't going to live up to anywhere near their expectations. To get to the point, where I was like, you know what? I actually enjoyed it. It is a very good movie. Is, although I've shot in the storyline, I'm with you on it, Hunter. Like, yeah, it's a lot more enjoyable than what you would expect. What type of trivia did you have outside of Richard Gear sticking things up his arse? Um, I'll get that for you just now. So, the trivia I have is so let me just see. There we go. You so, like how, uh, for those of you that are listening to us, we are always this prepared. So this will be no shock when you hear the as and as as we are like battling around to find the information that we need. Right, so the first one is uh, Richard Gere is actually playing the piano. Um, he also composed the piece of music that's played, so it wasn't just, just actually wrote that music and played it. I thought, talented guy, lover of animals. <laughs> what, what the... <laughs> For some reason, the fact that he did that makes me dislike him more. <laughs> Well, actually someone else that was offered the role before him. Do you know who that was? What time? What, what year did this come out? 1990. Come on. Charlie Sheen. No. And this person actually turned down the role. It was Al Pacino. Ooh. That's a different movie. I know. That's a, that's a sinister... Sex movie. <laughs> um, so also for the final scene when they filmed the scene with Vivian talking about wanting to be a princess who's rescued from a tower they still hadn't written the movie's ending where Edward rescues Vivian so how can you be filming a film that doesn't Wait, even, no, like, the end, that a screenplay was you read the script uh, that sounds like something wanky a director said to sound cool in an interview uh, uh, so also, because this was a Disney film, they actually didn't want Julia Roberts or Richard Gere. So this is someone else that was in mind before. So the first thing they wanted Meg Ryan to play the role of Vivian. And can you guess who Disney wanted to, to play the role? You, you'll never get this in a million years. But instead of Richard Gere? Instead of Richard Gere or Al Pacino. So, right. so this, this is who Disney wanted? 
Harrison Ford. No. Um, it's going to be somebody outrageous. Uh, Sean Connery. Yes. No, Asney. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm Thomas and I'm a prostitute. I'm Thomas and I'm a little bit. That's, That's a scene. And also, the final uh, bit of it has is during the sex scene, um, Julia Roberts got so nervous, a visible vein popped out of her forehead. So the director got into bed with Julia and Richard Gere. And I'm not going to lie, my hands started to make me reach and during this bit. <laughs> And then it says that uh, Marshall and Gia massaged her forehead until the vein disappeared. Ah, there's, there's something, something's happened there. Something Tarantino likes happened there. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Which of you has got a vein fetish? That'll be the next one. <laughs> Is that you? That's me all done, unless anyone else has some more tidbits. Nah, Sean only did his research for one. It was just by chance that I seen the stuff of the woman when I googled the the young boy's name. Eh, no, the young boy's when I eh, googled to see. That's what I'm trying to say. When I eh, oh, <laughs> when I went on to the boy, the boy who played the Damien. That's what I was trying to say. I just came across those trivia by chance, but I thought Hunter would mention it. But then I just think so. I've, I've no trivia for this. <laughs> I love how we've got the confidence in Hunter that he does his trivia that everyone goes and looks up the movie after they've watched it. I know, it's nice to give them a sounding... <laughs> after a few quiet weeks I've been on the ball since, but it's nice to know that aura of doubt is still there. No, I, I never look it up because I like hearing them for the first time. Dumb you. It's funny because I don't for what we watch, but if I watch something else, I'll sit and read about it. And I do chuckle that every week and every movie that Bunsy watches, he always says how he looks it up after. Yeah. Uh, but it's because Bunsy actually likes to study and be prepared. He likes to know the actors' names. He likes to know like, the characters' name. He always knows the characters' names. We're always going, hi, ah, that guy that looked yeah. like the <laughs> hair. Bunsy always knows that was Hank. Yeah. I'm, I'm flicking through. I've got them up on IMDb and all my tabs open so I can click between them to see who's who. <laughs> I'm glad you do because if it was left, I think to me and Sean, we would just be going, "Who that guy? Who who that mind that guy? Uh, <laughs> the main guy, <laughs> that guy that sticks gerbils up his arse." <laughs> right, let's get scoring. Burnsy, we'll come to you first once again. Three point seven five. Three point seven five. Daniel, uh, one point two five. 1.25. Enjoy your Instagram hate this week, mate. Sean? Uh, so, I know this doesn't really go with what I said, but I'm going to give it a three. I did say it's like a straight, straight to the, the middle, but I think it's better than a 0.5, but I'm still right in the middle with it, so I'm going to give it a three. You're still staying right in the middle from five and you're going with three, yeah? Yeah. yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> so it's a three. Uh, 3.5 for me. Well, I think I must have liked it more than a lot of these because I was going with a 4 for this. Although there is a questionable storyline to it, I do really enjoy the movie. I'm the, I'm the outlier for both movies in different directions this week. This you've been difficult, Daniel. Oh. What does that do to the overall scoring? 
We added it up and then deleted the calculated the number it's on me to get again. You do work as an accountant. There is only five numbers. 3.1. A 3.1. So I have updated the leaderboard ever so slightly as we were going. Uh, so a 3.1 will bring this movie uh, joint with a movie that we just watched recently in War Dogs. Uh, alongside other movies like Boiling Point, Con Air, Gone Baby Gone, and The Strangers. We're actually going to have six movies sitting in at a 3.1. Uh, but that's all the way down in 70th on our list, which is actually quite low down. Big list and now, though. It is a big list now. And uh, The Omen came in joint 93rd with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I like both of those equally, probably. Very similarly. There we go. Happy days. Well, that does bring us to the end for it. So, like we said, The Omen is a 2.6 and Pretty Woman is a 3.1. Uh, we are quite far ahead, though, guys, with knowing what movies that we've got coming next. So, who can tell us what are the movies for next week? Is it Sports Week or Fantasy? It's sport. Sport. sport Happy Gilmore and Coming Darwin. Some it's Le Mans slash Ford versus Ferrari because it's got two different That's names it. for the same film. Uh, I annoyed instantly before I watched the film. I went into that with a very negative mindset based on that alone. <laughs> I thought you liked it. I thought you picked it. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying whether I like the film or not, but when I realised it. Basically, the, the spot film name has impacted the score before he's even watched the film, is what no. you say. Annoyed me. Yeah, well, maybe that can be in the trivia because I actually don't know why it's separated in different parts. So that that will be something Hunter, Sean, and Bungie will all research before we go on just to make sure that at least one of them's got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although, so we do have that coming up for sport that next week. The week after, we do have uh, fantasy, which I'm sure we're all excited to watch. Fantasia. Uh, there'll be loads to talk about that, guys, won't there? Yes. Oh, plenty. I know, I need to get into, onto the board to my moth for some narcotics for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to everyone's thoughts on Life of Pi as well. I think it's going to be an interesting discussion, that one. On what? Uh, Life of Pi. All right. I've got no idea what we're watching. And then the, the week after, we will have action movies that haven't been selected as of yet. It was a bit controversial within the group, so we will get the movies out there on the Instagram in the very near future. But we are just going to spin the wheel to get the for the, the week after, so we're going to be what, a good month away from watching these ones, but the next category will be selected. It's actually quite nice to be so far ahead with the planning, guys. Oh, a big thing's by... Uh... And uneven work schedule works in our favour. Well, there we go. So uh, Disney was mentioned quite a lot, and we do have Disney. That was obviously fate that it's selected that we'd be watching Disney movies. So we'll but, have to decide how we're going to split that up with the with the different areas we've got within Disney. I would vote yeah. for a spin because we've got about four Disney movies coming up, and we've just had one tonight. Oh, we've got Fantasia coming up, and we've That's just had one. Get that to fuck. I agree, actually. <laughs> That's it. Let's throw all integrity out the window and respin it. I was going to land it again for a second. I was really hoping it would land in the musicals there, but it is going to land in comedy. Sound. Nice and easy. Nice and basic. Comedy. 
Uh, if you have any suggestions for comedies that you would like us to put onto our list, um, you've got some time to let us know on Instagram. Uh, if you are here for the first time, please drop us a follow. Uh, thank you very much for listening. But I bid you morons farewell. Bonsoir. At least one person says bye to our audience, Hunter. I was just waiting on if Hunter was going to say hello or goodbye this week. What's the score? <laughs> Uh, one Ronaldo's just hit the corner flag on me. Oh, he's just tied over his kick. Was that for that with the pass? Uh, oh, no, after that, he was through on going then just sliced it. Any well, good transfers happened? Was that not a cutback, Bonzi? Well, Nabdu was there. So. Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron, that's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Whoa! Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! Hey, moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye.